chapter today, looking at Proverbs. We're in the sixth, chap- sixth chapter of Proverbs. The sixth chapter, we're going to start at verse, at verse 12 today. It says, A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises equally continue. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. As we see here, some of the, the things of a wicked person, a worthless person, there's some, some things here I think it, we need to take a look at. And, and uh, you know, it, it's talking about a person. And I think it's also things that we need to be careful of. We don't let these things be a part of our life either. You know, sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that we're a wor- worthless, wicked person, but, but these things are things that we wouldn't want to be a part of us. And it says the first one is a perverse mouth. A perverse mouth. Um, my Bible, it said worthless. You know, it, it uh, sometimes calls it a worthless mouth. Um, I believe God's intent for us as his people is, of course, to praise him. Use our mouth for praise to him. Encouraging others. Encouraging others. Um, speaking truth. Witnessing to others. That's how God intends us to use our mouth. He has purpose for our mouth. So a perverse mouth is one that's been perverted from what God intends it to be. A perverse mouth uses foul language. Um, I, and I've, I've shared about this previously. It's not just... It's not just cursing. And, you know, cursing is, a for me, as, as I was taught as a child, you've got to understand where I'm coming from. I guess you don't have to, but I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from. <laughs> where I'm coming from, okay, I was taught as a child that saying darn is the same as cursing. Okay? I was taught that, that substitutions for curse words are the same as cursing. Okay, you can't you can't pull the substitution thing and and say, well, I'm not cursing. So that makes a whole lot of things curse words. OMG is taking the Lord's name in vain. So so you just got to understand that, you know, I and I know some things become very acceptable, you know, in our society. But I'm just saying, you know, using the Lord's name as Christians, we need to covet his name. Holy is his name. You know, we sing about it all the time. Holy is his name. So we do not want to. Take his name and pervert it and bring it down to some kind of level of ours and use his name inappropriately. So we want to be very careful with that. You know, and, you know, the Jewish people, they don't even, they would leave out, they wouldn't even spell his whole name. They thought it was so holy. They'd leave out parts of it because they didn't even thought it was so holy. They couldn't even say it all. So, you know, obviously we've come a long ways. But I think, I think, you know, here's my, here's my, one of my thoughts, Okay. As the standards sometimes move in a bad direction, you know, like I think take the Lord's name, as that moves in a bad direction, if you all of a sudden set up the standard way over here, people go, what in the world is that? Well, I personally think that that's what God does a lot of times. We stray and we get so far away that when God sets up a standard, we go, oh my goodness, how far am I from that? How far am I from that standard? And so, so we need to see that, uh, you know, God has a standard. He has a standard. 
One of the things I found interesting, um, somebody just shared it yesterday, um, that at the Toledo, I think I'll get it right. If I don't, why? Check it out. But at the Toledo Museum of Art, they no longer say B.C., before Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's now before Common Era. Common E-R-A. The Common Era. It's not B.C., before Christ, because that offends some people. And so now because we've said before Christ for thousands of years, now all of a sudden we gotta, we're going to change that because it might offend somebody. See how the standard... See how the standard can be here and then we just kind of, we kind of keep moving it. And then all of a sudden we find out, wow, how far away are we? Um, I believe another thing about a worthless mouth, a perverse mouth is coarse jesting, coarse joking. Um, you know, we need to be very careful. We need to be encouragers. A lot of times coarse joking and jesting tears people down. We've got to be very, very careful with that. Not everybody can take it. Nor should they necessarily take it, but you know some people can take it better than others, and we just need to not do it. You know, it's 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 not something we should do. Um, another thing is lying, not speaking the truth. God wants us to speak the truth, and a perverse mouth lies. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, so I'm not going to say too much about that. Um, one of the things I find that when I Deal with people in, in some kinds, sometimes in business dealings or those kinds of dealings. Be careful about people who use their mouth and talk too much. When they talk too much. Did you ever get in a business dealing and you couldn't get a word in edgewise? Or maybe sometimes somebody's trying to sell you something and you can't get a word in edgewise? Be very, very careful about that. Because if they're trying to dominate the conversation... They're probably trying to direct you and guide you in a direction that maybe you shouldn't go or don't want to go. So be very careful about I'm 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 very cautious about those that just talk too much about things. You know, it's like they're it's so perfect. You know, it's whatever they're presenting to you is just perfect. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, nothing's quite that good. Um, sometimes people who who use their mouth to talk too much or spending too much time pointing out the faults of others. Be very careful. Also, I have something I'm, I'm just, be very careful about smooth talkers. Here's my observation. This is just a general observation. Smooth talkers have, have planned and they've programmed what they're going to say because that's why it's so smooth. They've got a plan. They're trying to take you in a direction. You know, it's not just conversation. It's smooth talking, you know. And smooth talkers always just sound so good. Makes it sound so good. Why you just you just wouldn't want to live without whatever they're trying to tell you. And it's 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 here's the thing. If it's too good to be true, it very possibly could be too good to be true. Okay? Not I'm not not always, but I'm just saying that we need to be careful. Because it appears to me like these people are everywhere. And maybe more so. I'm not sure. My opinion, again, is as the standard goes this way, there's more and more of these people who are following the ways of the world. And the standard changes. So there's more and more of this. My observation is we're seeing more and more of these tactics. And we need to be very careful. It says the next one is somebody that winks his eye. Now, what's wrong with winking your eye? 
Well, obviously, it's some kind of a perverse thing. It's some kind of a deception. Some kind of a deception. That somebody's probably trying to lure you into something. Probably trying to draw you into something through a look, you know, some form of enticement, maybe some form of pretending to care. You know, it says the winking of the eye. We just need to be, be aware of that. Be aware of that. I'm not saying winking's wrong. I'm just saying beware. Beware. Why? The next one is pointing the finger. You know, I don't know that it's always pointing the finger. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's literally pointing finger. Okay? But sometimes it's saying things that are pointing the finger. It's always somebody else's fault. Always pointing the finger at somebody else. It's always. I don't know if you've got, you know, ever come across that. We don't want, we want to be careful. I'm, I don't want to say this completely to say, well, we're just talking about people that do. We want to be careful that we don't do this. Okay? We want to be careful that we're not pointing the finger, talking about somebody else, always talking about somebody else's faults. Most of the time, I want to talk about everybody else's faults to keep you from looking at mine. You know, if we can always look at somebody else, then we don't have to look at me. So let's just keep looking at everybody else and pointing the finger and say, oh, look at them. Look what they did. Look, oh, do you know what they did? You know what they said? Da -da 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 -da. There's people, I mean, there's people you can know that do that all the time. All the time. Always pointing at somebody else. Always talking about others. Always talking about somebody else's mistakes or faults. We have to be very careful. Very careful. We're to be encouragers. We're to be encouragers. You know, what, what, what good does it do to point at somebody else's faults with somebody? What's the good to sit down and point to somebody else's faults? Other than trying to tear them down. Other than trying to tear them down. So it's, it's, it's something that it says, the Bible says it's the wicked do this. A worthless person, a wicked man. It says they're perverse in heart. Perverse in heart. Their, their heart is always thinking wrong. Their heart is always against what's right, against what God's doing. They're always thinking about how to take advantage of somebody else. Always thinking about how to get an advantage. It says, this is, then they, he always, are, they're always devising evil continually. If people spent more time thinking about how to do good than how to get away with stuff, there'd be a lot more positive things happen. There are people who sit around always thinking how they're going to get away with something. That's their, their mindset, always devising evil. Always thinking up some kind of an evil plan. You know, it, and that's not the way it should be. We ought to be thinking about what could we do good? What are the good things we could do for somebody instead of devising evil? You know, and and it's it's just how we think. It's how we think. The last one there says they sow discord. They sow discord. Gossip about others all the time. Are you ever around somebody that always keeps everything stirred up? You might, I but you know, it could be in your family. 
You could have a family member that's always trying to stir stuff up, pit one person against the other. Might be at work, could be all kinds of places. Somebody's always sowing discord, always sowing strife, always stirring everything up. Now the Bible says that's the plans of a wicked man. There are people who just can't say anything good about somebody. They just can't say anything good. I was always told of what? If you haven't got anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. Keep your mouth shut. You know? And so we need to be careful. We need to be careful. We need to be careful about what we speak. We need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful that we're not the one always stirring things up and keeping things stirred up. You know, we need to be careful that we're not the ones sowing that kind of discord, that they can't say, can't say anything good. People need to see us as somebody they want to be around. You know, people that are always stirring up discord, after a while, you just don't want to be around them. You know, unless you're trying to sow up discord with them, probably. But, you know, normally then you just don't want to be around them because it's like they're just always stirred up and they're always stirring up somebody and they're always keeping everything... Everything's a turmoil in their life. You know, there are some people who just everything in their life is nothing but turmoil. Nothing but discord, nothing but strife and drama. And, you know, and don't you think, and I, I think they really, a lot of times they want peace. They just don't know how to get there. They just don't know how to get there. They don't, or maybe they know how but don't want to. I don't know what all can happen. But we have to be very careful, you know. A lot of these things are what? They're decisions. They're, actually, they're decisions. They're decisions we can make. You know, we can decide on a lot of things. If we see things and we say, you know, yeah, I tend to, you know, I need to stop that. I need, I need to not do that. You know, Lord, help me. Help me not to do that. Help me to think good things. Help me to think positive things. Help me to speak encouraging things to people. And help me to be an encourager. You know, help me to be what you want me to be. And it says, it says, therefore, his calamity comes on him suddenly. And suddenly he should be broken without remedy. It's interesting that it says, you know, all of a sudden, it can all come crashing down if you do all this. You know, if you keep... You keep sowing this and sowing this and sowing this in your life, all of a sudden it can all come crashing down. You know, there's a time when you think, well, you kind of maybe get away with it or maybe it's not so bad, but there's a time when it comes crashing down. There's a time when a lot of times I think you just have to you face the music. You just see, well, you know, this is what I've sown all these years. And, and if, we, if we see that, we need to remember that's when God can redeem things because he is a redeeming God. You know, but we have to change. We have to accept. We have to do. We have to obey. And then he will redeem that which has been lost. So then in verse 16, he goes on. Six things the Lord hates. Six things. Wow. You know, part of, part of you wants to go, wow, only six? Wow, this is cool. You know, this is pretty good. Only six. Well, this is six we're going to talk about right now. And actually, when he says six things the Lord hates, he goes, yes, seven are abomination to him. It was like he, he made that statement before he got to the end of the sentence. He says, well, actually, there's seven that are abomination to him. 
So if they're an abomination of the Lord and the Lord hates them, then I think it's important for us to take a look at them and say, okay, what is it? What's the Lord hate? The first one, it says a proud look. A proud look. Arrogance. Arrogance. A proud look. Thinking you're better. It's not always a look. Sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's an attitude. It's not just it's not just a look. It can be a look. You can kind of you can kind of get the look and kind of get the feel. But it's not always just a look. Sometimes it's thinking you're better than others. Thinking you're better than other people. Or thinking you're not as bad as. You know, well, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not better, but at least I'm not as bad as. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Treating people with a lack of respect. You know, sometimes if we get in our head that, that maybe we're a little better than somebody or they're a little worse than we are, maybe without realizing it, we'll be start treating them with a lack of respect. Maybe not even hardly notice ourselves. But all of a sudden, because of this inner thing that we have inside of us, we start to conduct ourselves on the outside a little bit different. You know, avoiding people, not wanting to greet them, not wanting to be around them. We have to be careful that we don't look down on others. We don't look down on people. And we have to be very careful that we don't talk about them and tear them down. Because, you know, if you think you're better than somebody or you think they're worse than you, probably eventually it'll come out of your mouth. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you think it long enough, I'm just telling you, it's probably going to come out. It's probably going to come out. In Philippians, the second chapter, the third verse, he says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Don't do anything through selfish ambition. What is selfish ambition? I thought, that, I thought selfish ambition a lot of times, I can define that as just motivation to get ahead. Is there anything wrong with that? I just want to get ahead? What's the difference between getting ahead and selfish ambition? Well, I think sometimes it's hard to define. It's hard to maybe see. Time will tell. But we want to be very, very careful that we don't do things through selfish ambition. What's in it for me? How can I get ahead? How can I get an advantage in this situation? How can I take advantage of a situation? We have no selfish ambition or conceit, thinking we're better than somebody else. But it says, but in lowliness of mind, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, that's a good word for everybody that isn't insecure. Okay? If you're insecure, then this is a hard verse for you because if you're insecure, you already think everybody's better than you. You have a low self-esteem. That's a, that's a whole other issue. We're talking about people who don't have that problem, who think they're better than everybody. And for those people, they need to consider others better than themselves. So they need to look at people and don't say, 
well, I don't know if they deserve that or I don't think they ought to have, I don't think I should have to be nice to them. You know, but I should esteem others higher than myself. I should think about them as higher than myself. You know, so that so that we think about how can I serve, how can I love, how can I help people. If we're not careful, we'll do it upon who we think deserves it. And when we think there's people who don't, then we will say, well, they're not worthy of that. So I believe we need to be careful about how we look at people. How we look at people. Sometimes people who have had a hard life, who've made a lot of mistakes, who, you know, have lived a sinful life, it's very easy to look down on them. And it's very easy to say, well, they get what they deserve. I think if you're really honest about that and you really see people who have done that, if you don't have compassion, something's wrong with you. You know, if you don't have compassion, you know, they may get they may get all kinds of things because of what they've done. I don't think we have to worry about being any kind of a judge about that. You know, but I believe it's important for us to have compassion on them and not say, well, you know, they're just, they don't amount to nothing because they never did anything right. They don't, what do they, they don't deserve. They don't deserve my compassion, attention. They don't deserve anything because they've just been a mess. That could all be true. It could all be true. It could be absolutely be true. But what does that mean to say to me that I should look down on them? That I shouldn't have compassion on them? We, we talked about in Sunday school, Jesus, you know, a lady came who was a sinner, you know, and the Pharisee kind of looked down on her and said, well, you know, she's a sinner. What did Jesus do? He knew she's a sinner. He knew, how, he knew everything she had done. And he had compassion on her. She had compassion. He had compassion on her. He could see. She was reaching out to him. He could see. And when it was all said and done, he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He had compassion. So I think a lot of times as Christians, we need to be willing to have compassion. Compassion. That doesn't mean condoning. I didn't say condone. We don't condone sin. but We have compassion on the sinner. Now, sometimes it's hard to, hard to differentiate because sometimes when you take a stand against sin, people say you're not being compassionate. But we have to show compassion, but take a stand. You know, Take a stand. The second thing, a lying tongue. Dishonest, deceptive trickery. Avoiding the truth. A lying tongue. There are people who are liars. They just are liars. There are people who are born liars. You know, I think think we're all born with various sins. You know, that weaknesses, you can call them what you want, you know. Some people are born liars. They... I, I tell you, they can't help themselves. They just lie. It's very difficult dealing with a liar. It's very difficult getting in a business situation with a liar because they have no standard. They just lie. So they'll tell another lie to cover up the last lie. And if you know, and when you tell the truth, you can't keep up with the lies. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I'm just telling you, liars have a big advantage at some points. I always feel like 
I feel like they got an advantage because there's no standard. They can just lie. You know, I didn't do that. Well, I'm like that because my aunt, my aunt so-and-so made me do it or my cousin or my friend or my, somebody else made me do it. No, I didn't really do it. And then they, that was, well, yeah, but your aunt, well, yeah, but she was, actually she was over here, but, you know, and they just keep lying. And it's so hard to get to the truth. That's why it's very important to keep, teach your children to tell the truth. You know, and be careful about this. And I, sometimes when parents punish their children, their children will learn to lie to get out of punishment. You know, they know they're going to get punished, so they go, well, I don't want to get punished, so I'm going to lie. So you catch them, catch them in the lie. I'm of the opinion that you really pray with them and deal about lying. And I'm not so sure that you punish them at that point, but teach them and train them. Because what they're doing is trying to prevent getting punished, but not by lying. You want to teach them, don't lie. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. That doesn't always mean you're going to avoid punishment. But tell me the truth because I'll punish you for lying. That's the greater thing in the whole equation is lying. So we want to be very careful. We want to try to encourage our children to tell us the truth. In business dealings, business dealings, and I've, I've, had a, I've had a hard time with this because I'm simple, I trust people, I think everybody's telling me the truth. People wouldn't lie to me, they tell me the truth. So I take people at their word, guess what? People are liars. Be very careful. Very careful in business dealings. Get it down in writing. Get it down in writing. It's about the only thing you can do to keep a liar from taking advantage of you. You know, get it down in writing. Because then you got something that says, okay, here it is. I was just recently involved in a situation, and you know what the lawyers say? Well, did you have it in writing? Oh, no. No, I just told them I trusted them. You know what they say? Get it in writing. So you know when everything starts? It starts the day I get it in writing. <laughs> okay? That's the day it st- That's the day you got something to go on. Well, here, put it in writing. So it's just telling you, you know, be very careful in business dealings. Get it in writing. Now, there are still people. I'm sorry, there's still people I'm going to trust. You know, not saying they can't take advantage of me. There's people I trust their word. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if they're a stranger, I want it in writing. If I don't know them, I want it in writing. If I know that they don't tell the truth, then I really want it in writing. Okay? So I'm not saying you can't do it word of mouth. You know, and I think, I think you know, it's God meant it to be our word was our word. And you could just, hey, if somebody said it, you knew it was good. I'm just telling you, wisdom says... There aren't people like it. There's liars out there. So get it in writing. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. Murder. But just remember this. Matthew 6, 22, Jesus says, if we hate our brother, it's the same as murder. So, you know, in the Old Testament it said, you know, hands that shed innocent blood. Jesus comes along and says, well, yeah, that's true. But if you hate somebody, that's the same as murder. So be very careful, you know. 
Most of us, I don't know of anybody here that's been a murderer. I don't know of anybody. Could be, you know, maybe you just haven't told me yet. But uh, I don't think we have any. But I think we possibly could have a few who've hated somebody along the way. There's a good chance of that. And so we need to be very careful that God, God hates murder, hands and shed innocent blood, but Jesus said, if we hate our brother, it's the same as murder. Number four, a heart that devises evil plans. Kind of alluded to this before, somebody that's thinking evil, thinking how to do evil. They're always coming up with evil plans. How to, how to, get it, how to do something, get, get somebody. Evil plans, they're always thinking evil plans. God wants us to be thinking good. He wants us to be thinking good. How can we help somebody? How can we do good? Feet that are swift in running to evil. Did you ever notice some people seem to be attracted to evil? They, they, just, seem to be, they just seem to be attracted to it. It says feet that run swift, in, feet that are swift in running to evil. They just, they just seem to can't stay away from it. They just run to it. Man, if there's something, something going on, man, they want to be right there. They want to be right there. Run to evil. I believe as Christians we need to run from evil. We need to stay as far away from it as we can. When you, when you can see it and you know it's not good, run from it. Stay as far away from it you can. Because you know what? If you get close enough, you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. Another thing about evil is, another word that's kind of related to evil is darkness. Okay? Run from darkness. Why do people want it dark? They're always hiding something. That's why. Why do you, you know, I'm not saying, you know, nowadays people rob your house in the middle of the day. I understand that. You know, they'll come. They, now they're, but, you know, I'll bet you if you look at the statistics, I'll bet you there's a lot more robberies at night than there are during the day. And what do they say is one of the best securities for your house? Lights. Turn on lights. Keep it lit up. You know, so people don't feel like they can sneak around. Keep it lit up. Keep the light on. I believe Jesus said what? We are the light of the world. You know, and so don't run to darkness. Run away from it. Stay as far as you can away from it. Don't be one that says, well, I'm still okay. I'm not doing it. I'm just close. Well, it don't take long to get tipped in and, and be sucked into whatever's going on. Young people, I think it's extremely important. Stay away from evil as far as you can if you know it's not good. Don't get drawn in. You know, the Bible says sin is fun for a season. If it wasn't, nobody do it. If sin was like going to the hospital and having surgery, nobody would do it. But it's fun for a season. It appeals to your senses. Has an appeal, so people can tend to run to it. Number six, a false witness. Lying in public, giving a false witness about somebody else. Doing it publicly. You know, you, we can think about going to court and giving a false witness, but it's talking a false witness about even people publicly to somebody else, giving a false witness about somebody. Saying something that's not true. Not true. Being a false witness. And the last one is one who sows discord. One who sows discord. We talked about it before. Always talking behind people's back. 
always complaining about somebody, always pointing out everybody else's faults, always pointing out people's weaknesses, always trying to say bad about somebody, have nothing good to say, nothing good to say. Remember, if you have nothing good to say, don't say it at all. Do you know what most people remember about my sermon last week? You know, it's funny to me. It's not funny, but at least the comments I got, you know, I don't know what you remember this week, hopefully something. But last week, people remember work is good. Work's a blessing. I always find it interesting what people say. It's like, wow. A lot of people said, wow, work's a blessing. I believe today, you know, every we could find something. We say, wow. Yeah, you know, I need to work on that. I need to be careful about that. I need to watch out for people who are doing that so I stay away from that. I need to have wisdom. I need to have God's wisdom. You know, God wants us to have wisdom. He wants us to have wisdom. That's why he wrote the book of Proverbs. One of the reasons, there's other things in the Bible, but Proverbs is full of wisdom. Practical things. You know, have wisdom about situations. It'll keep you from getting in trouble. You know, he wants to, he lays it out for us. You know, I said in my message last week, we can get wisdom by reading wisdom books. We can get wisdom. We can get wisdom by listening to other people that have wisdom. We can get wisdom through experience. That's the hardest way. You know, you can learn the hard way and, and get wisdom. But I think we need to remember that God wants us to have wisdom. He doesn't want us to be foolish and just out here wandering around. But he wants us to know that he has ways and he has ways to do things right. And when we do that, I think it makes life better. Remember that fellow up above, that worthless person? It says suddenly calamity came upon him. You know, I personally think God helps us to prevent that. Doesn't mean you don't have problems, doesn't mean things happen. But it doesn't mean that calamity comes upon you. You know, God has for us to have, he wants us to have wisdom, wisdom, so we can do things he wants us to do and be wise about the dealings we have in this life. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. Lord, help us to keep your word as a standard in our life. Because, Lord, if we don't keep your word as a standard, then we'll accept something else as a standard of what is true. And we'll, shy, we'll start to shy away from your word. So Lord, help us to know your word, to hear your word, to receive your word, and to do your word. Help us to be doers and not just hearers only. Lord, help us to apply those things we learn. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we pray that if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, the Lord, you just encourage them to come up and, and let the prayer team pray with them this morning. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for being with us as we depart. Lord, help us to be faithful to you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.